0: Today on Let the Bible Speak. Can you trust your conscience to guide you in matters of what is true and what is right? Many people do, but what does the Word of God say? That's our study today on Let the Bible Speak. I'm so glad you've joined me today to study the Word of God. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. It's a privilege to be with you, and I hope you'll take a moment to call or text a friend or family member and let them know that we're on the air. Encourage them to watch too. I want us to consider an important question today Do you actually walk by faith? Now, the Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight, but what does that mean? Does faith guide your life and your decision making? Or could it be something else that we just think is faith? There's something within most of us that either gives us confidence or makes us feel uneasy or even guilty about the way that we're living, and that's our conscience. God created us with a conscience, and it's a wonderful thing. It's a necessary thing. But can we trust it to tell us what is right and what is wrong? Can we go by our instincts or the way we feel about a matter to lead us in the right direction? Notice this verse with me found in Proverbs, chapter sixteen, and verse twenty five. There the wise man Solomon said, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, maybe you've heard that you should simply follow your heart, or listen to that little voice inside, when deciding matters of right and wrong, truth and error, sin and righteousness. Many believe that, and they live accordingly, but Does that mean that God agrees with us? Solomon warns us merely because something seems right or feels right does not mean that we are necessarily doing right. Our study coming up in just a moment, Should You Trust Your Conscience? And that will be our study after a song from the congregation. what we believe or what we practice as long as we're following our conscience? Shouldn't we give credence to a belief or a religious practice or tradition because sincere people say that that's what's in their heart or what their conscience tells them to do or they simply don't see anything wrong with it according to their conscience? Well, many people operate like that. But yet the Bible tells us that we can follow a way that seems right, but in reality that way is wrong. That way is deadly. We know that to be true in everyday life. In fact, most people would say that one is very foolish or naive if he or she follows his or her feelings about matters of health or money or business or uh, maybe even politics. Suppose, for example, that we merely follow our feelings or our conscience when it comes to our health. Sometimes people carry disease in their body and all the while they feel fine. They're happy, they go about, they do whatever they want to do and Meanwhile, they have cancer growing inside their body or a blood clot or aneurysm that is waiting to break loose or burst. There are wonderful doctors who care about their patients and they want to do what is best for them, but doctors are human. They're imperfect. And doctors sometimes conscientiously treat people for the wrong illness until it's too late to save the patient. I've known people, and you likely have too, who something like that has happened to. And then what about matters of business? You know, A lot of businesses failed and investments went bust that were begun with a sincere belief and feeling that all would be successful. But the realities of the market proved their feeling wrong. Honest intentions and sincere dreams and desires don't keep businesses from going broke or the stock market from collapsing. I would imagine almost all of us have at one time or another taken a wrong road when traveling Especially before our automobiles became equipped with GPS, it was very easy to go to an unfamiliar area and turn onto a road that looked right or seemed right and have gone several miles before realizing we made a wrong turn. Maybe we didn't look carefully enough at the map, or we missed a road sign, or we didn't quite understand the directions that man back at the gas station gave us, or we just became disoriented. Now, we didn't intentionally go wrong, but that doesn't change the fact that we went the wrong way and our are going to end up in the wrong place. Well, if we can't trust our feelings or our conscience in these matters, why would we trust them to make decisions that are so important that they will determine where we spend eternity? Why entrust your soul to something so subjective and demonstrably unreliable? But now that's not to say that our conscience is useless, not at all. Oh, the conscience is critical But a conscience is only as good as the knowledge with which that conscience has been trained or educated. In other words, our conscience has to be trained in righteousness. Now granted, there are some things that are morally inherent within mankind. I think on a basic level, all people know that it's wrong to steal. We know in our heart of hearts that it's wrong to commit murder. Those truths are ingrained within us by nature and by society. They're placed there, I believe, by God from the very beginning. And they have their beginning with God and his nature himself. But the conscience can easily be misinformed or misguided. The way we're raised, the culture around us, our own experiences over time, all of these things help to shape our conscience. In other words, if you live in a culture that condones a thing or rejects a thing long enough, you'll likely develop a conscience for or against that thing. Our conscience can be formed and educated by the truth, but if we ignore or go against our conscience for very long, our conscience will change and uh, we'll reach a point that it no longer bothers us as it once did. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 19 that the Gentiles continued in sin and blindness to the point that they became past feeling. And as a result, they could commit all kinds of sin and evil, and it didn't bother them to do so. You know, in some cultures, polygamy doesn't bother one's conscience because their conscience has been trained to think that polygamy is just fine. There are those in the world who can kill in the name of some false religion because that religion has trained their conscience to believe that they're pleasing God by taking other people's lives. They believe they're doing what is right and not what is wrong. They sincerely believe that. But that, of course, doesn't make it right. So, how does our conscience work? And what is our conscience good for? If our conscience can be wrong and if it can mislead us, then why do we have one? And why is it so important? Well, we need to look at the conscience in the right way. First of all, friend, our conscience is more like a court rather than a guide. Our conscience is the judgment of self or the power of feeling that lets us know if we're doing what we know to be right or wrong it evaluates our behavior on the basis of what we know to be the difference between right and wrong. You see, uh, if we know the difference, or I should say if we don't know the difference between right and wrong, our conscience will mislead us. Our conscience keeps us within the pathway of whatever we believe to be or know to be uh, the standard of right. When Paul assured the Romans of his own deep love for his kinsmen in the flesh, despite their lost condition, He said in Romans chapter 9 and verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So you see, our conscience is not a legislator. Our conscience is more like a judge. Judges are not supposed to make law. Courts don't draft and pass legislation. A court decides if conduct has been in accordance with already established law. Now, notice when one is doing what he has been taught to be right, well, then his conscience is referred to as pure. Regardless of whether his belief is true or false, right or wrong, when he's doing what he believes to be right, well, he's doing that in a pure conscience. Now, Paul in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 3 said, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. And when Paul stood falsely accused before the governor Felix in Acts 24 and verse 16, he said, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. In other words, Paul did not do anything that his conscience warned him not to do. But then on the other hand, when we violate the warning of our conscience, we defile it. And we may eventually sear it, irreparably damage it. Paul in Titus chapter 1 and verse 15 said of the unbelieving that even their mind and conscience is defiled. And speaking of those who went into utter apostasy, Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 that they speak lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That word seared doesn't mean dull. It doesn't even mean deadened. It goes farther than that. That word means to cauterize. So it's a dangerous thing to ignore and violate our conscience. We should never do anything that we know or even think is wrong. Romans 14 verse 14 says, In regard to those who believed it was sinful to eat certain meats, even though in the eyes of God it wasn't, he said to him that he anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. And in verse 23 he goes on to say, And he that doubteth is condemned. If he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If we doubt that a bridge is safe, we should stay off of it until we find out whether it's safe or not. If we suspect our food is poisoned, we shouldn't eat it until we know for sure. Maybe it's all right, and maybe it's not, but you don't want to go ahead and eat that food if you don't know, if there's reason to believe it might be poisoned. So the conscience is a critically useful thing that God has placed within us because of the warnings that it provides us, but the conscience you see must be properly trained or it can lead us astray. And when the apostle Paul stood before the Sanhedrin and he recounted his story of conversion to Christ, Luke tells us in Acts chapter 23 and verse one, that Paul earnestly beholding the council said, men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. So I don't believe there was ever a time in. Paul's life that he went against his conscience, but there was a time in Paul's life when he was a terrible sinner. As Saul of Tarsus, he was a leading persecutor of the early church before he himself met Christ and was converted to him. The same Paul, who said he had lived before God in all good conscience, also said, "'I verily thought within myself "'that I ought to do many things contrary "'to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. Acts chapter 26, verses 9 and 10. You see, Saul hated the name of Jesus and everything that the name of Jesus represented. But he wasn't violating his conscience. He was doing what his conscience told him to do. He was like those of whom Jesus spake in John chapter 16 and verse 2, saying, They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. In other words, he'll be doing it in good conscience. So you see, instead of the conscience being a safe guide, the conscience needs to be safely guided. Now, although there may be some inherent perception of morality within a person from the beginning, Matters of religious faith and practice, those things must be informed and trained by the true teaching of God's Word if our conscience is to lead us in the way of right. For there are multitudes of people who practice things in religion in all good conscience. In fact, I wouldn't think much of you if you practice things in religion with a bad conscience. I hope that you're sincere in whatever you believe or whatever you do, not that that makes it right. But it would be a bad thing if you're doing what you do, if you do what you do and believe what you believe, knowing that it's wrong. But there are many people who do many things in good conscience that are nowhere taught in the Word of God. Those who practice sprinkling for baptism do so because they have been taught by someone that that's right. They can read it in the catechism or the creed of their church or their denomination, but that doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that's what the Bible teaches. Those who conscientiously try to keep the seventh day as a Sabbath day, passionately maintain their belief. Uh, They're very sincere and they're very, very passionate about that belief because that's what they've been taught. Now the Bible teaches that the Old Testament Sabbath was fulfilled in Jesus Christ and is not binding upon the Christian today. Colossians 2 uh, verses 14 on for one place uh, confirmed this idea. And you know, the doctrine of any religious organization will form a conscience in keeping with that organization. Methodist doctrine will form a Methodist conscience in a Methodist. Baptist doctrine will create a conscience that encourages one to believe and worship like a Baptist. Catholic doctrine makes a Catholic feel good about saying a rosary and submitting to the decrees of the church. But you see that conscience within itself is not a safe guide. The Word of God must be our only guide and the only thing that forms and educates our conscience if we want that conscience to truly help us remain in the will of God. Just being a person, or just rather I say, just because a person does a thing with a clean or a good conscience, does not prove that he or she is right in the sight of the Lord. When Paul went to Athens, as is recorded over in Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 31, He found that city filled with idols. Paul even acknowledged that they were very religious. They were also very wrong. Friend, you can be religious and lost. You can be religious and seriously wrong about some important matters. You can believe in your heart of hearts that you're pleasing God and following Jesus and actually be following the devil. Jesus said there will be a shocked religious multitude standing before him in the day of judgment. They'll be surprised, Jesus said. They will cry out to him. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. So you see, my friend, the idea that all churches and all religions and all ideas and practices are somehow pleasing to God and all people who claim to follow Christ are going to be saved because they do so in good conscience. Well, that's just simply false. It does matter what we believe. And yes, our conscience, our conscience may be a court, but friend, there is a much higher court to which we should appeal. In fact, There really are three courts before whom we all stand today. There's the court of others, their opinions, their judgments, and some are very concerned that they stand justified in that court. Uh, They're satisfied with the approval of friends and their neighbors or perhaps their family or the court of the majority of people around them. And then there is the court of conscience We want to feel good about ourselves and we often go so far as to justify ourselves to ourselves and then to others. And some think they have passed the ultimate bar if they pass through this court of conscience uncondemned. But listen, my friend, there is a higher court and it is the supreme court of heaven and earth. Paul said in Romans two and verse 16 that in the last day God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Hebrews 10 verse 30 says, the Lord will judge his people. And listen, Jesus said in John 12 and verse 48, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Now, I wanna ask you some serious questions and I want you to think very carefully about them. Number one, can you read about your church in the New Testament? Is it the church that Jesus said he would build? And how do you know? Can you read about the way you worship in the New Testament? For Jesus said our worship must be in spirit and in truth, John 4, verse 24. So can you read your worship in the New Testament? Or is it all right just simply because you feel good about it? Because it doesn't bother you. You can't see what would possibly be wrong with it. Well, that's not the question. The question is, is it authorized in the Word of God? Did the apostles in the early church practice it? Does the New Testament by statement or by example or even does it necessarily imply that such is right and according to the pattern? Or what about the life you're living today? If you're living in accordance with the commandments and principles of Christ, you ought to have a good conscience about that, But. Maybe you feel good about the life that you're living because it's the kind of lifestyle that the majority of the world today seems to accept. That doesn't make you right in the sight of God. It doesn't matter if the world approves, if the president approves, if the Congress approves, if the Supreme Court approves. It doesn't matter if your family approves, your friends. It doesn't matter if you or I think it's all right. The question is, what does God say about it? What does his eternal word say about it? So our conscience is a wonderful tool But friend, it's not a safe guide. The only safe way that we know is right and cannot be wrong is what we read in the good book. Because as Jesus says, it will judge us in the last day. And finally, what about your salvation? Do you know you're saved? How do you know? Does your conscience tell you you're saved? Do you have a good feeling that you're saved? Friend, that's not enough either. We can know that we're saved when we know that we have done what the Bible says when it answers the question, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said in Matthew, or rather Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness or remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. That's what determines truth. So, has your conscience been trained by the Word of God? It's not safe to trust your conscience unless it has been educated by God's Holy Word. My dear friend, the truth is too important, your soul is too precious, and eternity is too long to entrust the future of our soul to something that is subjective and so easily changed. I hope that you'll place your faith in the absolute, unchanging, objective standard of truth which is God's holy word. And that you will have the diligence and the virtue today to search the scriptures to see of what you believe and what you practice and how you live is in accordance with this book. And if not, you'll have the virtue to change and become what God wants you to be and live the life he wants you to live. I hope we all have that courage and that faith to do so. If you'd like a free printed copy of our lesson today, we'll be happy to send it to you. It's a free printed transcript. Simply ask for the lesson, should we trust or should you trust your conscience? And we'll get that on its way quickly. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, you can always stay in touch with us online, our website, ltbstv.org. And also be sure to like our social media pages and subscribe to us on YouTube, for example, if you haven't done that. And be sure to tell others and share those platforms with other people. We would surely appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for the program today. Have a great week ahead. I'll look forward, if God is willing, to meeting you back here for another Bible study next time. Until then, have a great week, and God bless. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by the Church of Christ, For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org.